0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nine Inning Know-It-All podcast. I'm your host, Josh, the Nine Inning Know-It-All. And guys, before I get into today's podcast, the first thing I want to say is to the players and coaches at Presentation College um, out here in the Great Plains area is, man, I feel for you guys. It sucks for you guys to not only be losing your team, but also be losing your college as a whole. So it's it's a downer for me, but at the same time, if any of you guys are listening to this, I know I'm in contact with your coach. I will retweet every video, everything I can to help you guys find a new home. Because, man, I've, I've seen what that does to players. I Up in the Northwest, uh, Concordia in Portland shut down a few years ago. And that, that really sucked because I knew a few guys there too. So just want to shout out to you guys. Best of luck thinking of you guys. But let's move on to some more positive stuff because – in the end, baseball is still great, still awesome. Today on the podcast, I have Mike Nato. He is the head coach for Cal State University San Bernardino. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Absolutely. So one of the things, you know, I have bring a lot of guys on who are all across the country, but so many people have connections to the Northwest in one way or another. And for you, you have a huge connection because you're actually from the Northwest. So I mean, there's got to be a special place in your heart for that Northwest
1: style of baseball. No, hundred percent. And I recruited a lot of JC guys to come down now too. So, no, uh, born and raised in Portland, Oregon. Um, played for Pat Casey at George Fox. Got drafted in '94 when Casey uh, left and went and took over Oregon State '95. So, of course, I'm aging myself. Uh, But uh, but then, yeah, then I moved up into the Seattle area and was up there for 18 years and and coached at Shoreline Community College. I coached at University of Puget Sound, uh, became the head coach at Pierce uh, Community College for three years, won a NWAC title in 12 and then went on to Seattle U. and was at Seattle U with Coach Harrell for five years before um, getting the opportunity to come down here and take over my own program again. So, yeah, it's kind of my roundabout. But Northwest. Live or die type of thing, and something pulled me down to some sunshine to coach baseball, which I tell you, man is is beautiful to coach in sunshine instead of the rain. Right now, we just we've been practicing outside for the last you know couple of weeks. It's been great.
0: Oh, practice outside here in North Dakota, we don't know what that means. So <laughs> we we have a dome some places and, and the gym. So yeah. I'm yeah. envious of that, but at the same time, you know, right about you mentioned you know playing at George Fox, playing under Casey, who is. Probably, I, I think, arguably, probably the most respected coach in the Northwest, and pretty respected across the nation as well. What was it like for you as a player to to learn underneath him, and then even you know things to take into your own co- coaching career?
1: Well, first of all, just a great man. Uh, he was a he was a man that that really tried to help us grow as young men. I mean, that was a big thing for him is to push us. To help us get out of our comfort zone, um, work hard, uh, be responsible of ourselves, that ownership, um, values, uh, you know, and I think he was still pretty, I I shouldn't say young in his coaching years then at Fox, but we won. I mean, he'd, he'd brought some championships to then when we were NAIA back then uh brought in great players i even think the year that i got drafted in 94 we had five or six guys get drafted out of a small nai school in newburgh oregon uh, but case was awesome but he was a tough coach i mean and everybody will tell you i guarantee you all those oregon state guys will tell you the same things that that he was tough on you and but i'll tell you what if you were one of his guys and i tell this to everybody and, and i think most coaches agree with it that if you're a kid that works hard, puts in the time, and, and shows up every day, up every day, and does what he asked, he'll take care of you. And he did that for me. My junior year, I played uh, soccer and baseball at George Fox. And my junior year, he told me uh, you need to quit soccer and play baseball so we can get you drafted. And I was like, Ah, oh, God, I love playing both sports, but I did it. And of course, I got drafted in '94 and listened to him, and and then got to go play, you know, pro ball and independent ball for about six years and. It was awesome, and it was all because of Case and what he did for, for me, and and I use it. I, I try to be tough on my guys, but I also try to get a lot of tough love, uh, make sure that these guys enjoy the game of baseball and love it every day. You know, it's you better be passionate about what you do, and he instilled that in us, too, so I always appreciate Casey, and he's somebody that I can always call to this day if, if I need anything.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things, you know, for those of you who may be listening across the country, and you know, obviously, Oregon State's won titles, but you know schools like George Fox, scores like schools like Linfield, they win titles too. I mean, the Northwest has a long tradition of championships and top level players. And you know, it's just it's fun to see I got to cover George Fox and Linfield a number of times living up there in the Northwest. And it's it's a fun place. I mean, do you ever get the chance to
1: get back up to that area and just kind of relive the, the past? No, I mean I don't. I don't know what year it was. Inducted to the Hall of Fame there, and, and got to go back. So that was fun. Um, I talked to Coach Coppel every once in a while. We'll run into each other now when we're out, you know, recruiting or doing whatever. But I haven't. I haven't got back up there. I ha- it's funny because my wife's family lives in Hillsboro, which is just right around the corner. Um, so we're going to Hillsboro at least a couple times a year. But I, I never run down to Fox. Um, uh, I probably should. I wish I did a little bit more. But I think for you, too, I think it's great that you cover a lot of these small schools for a lot of the, you know, players and coaches that that get to listen to you that, you know, power five isn't isn't for everybody. You know, I, I chose a small NAI school and got to go play two sports and got drafted. I know this was a long time ago, but, you know, I just I as we recruit, you got to find a fit. And at that time, you know, George Fox, a small NAIA school was an awesome fit for me to get an opportunity to play and, and look what it, look what it did. I mean, I, I met so many great people and got an opportunity to play pro ball and who thought at a George Fox, you could do that.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things finding the right fit is something I've really tried to preach to to high schoolers the last, you know, five, six years, because I learned, you know, obviously I knew like lower Columbia and the NWAC, great school, lots of great players. But I I really realized watching them, watching Everett, watching, you know, Spokane, Yakima, that if you're a good player, it doesn't matter where you're at, people will find you. And I saw a lot of guys get drafted out of JUCOs in the Northwest. And it was fun to see. And it, it really developed my respect for especially the NWAC. And you have had, you know, good experience, you know, coaching in the NWAC. You actually won a title with Pierce. Um, which has been kind of a rival of lower Columbia when I was watching them and covering them. So looking back on those days when you were coaching in the NWAC, what are some things you kind of learned as a coach and what things did you really um, kind of work on it for you that would help you prepare you for the future?
1: Uh, Well, I'll tell you what, going and coaching at a JC was uh, a huge eye-opener. Um, you know, at the time, I, I told you I coached at Shoreline with Steve Secchi, who was the coach up there at the time, and I would just go up there for a few days a week and only be there on the weekends because I lived in Tacoma. Uh, but then I, you know, got to get U- University of Puget Sound with Coach Billings. You know, awesome opportunity for me. But I always wanted my own program. And when I when when the Pierce job opened up and Duncan Stevens, who's the AD there, who I love, he's an awesome man. Um, you know, he reached out, and, and and I I got the job as a young, uh, upcoming. I I would hope great coach that's gonna gonna do great things, but it was just somebody taking a chance on me to to do it. Um, Pierce was not good; it was horrible, and I had so many people telling me, "Don't take the job; it's gonna ruin you." Well, guess who told me differently a Pat Casey and a Donnie Harrell. They said, Hey, you need to prove to people you could coach. Um, And that is a true statement. I don't care how bad the program is. If you're a good coach, you're going to turn it around. Um, If you're a bad coach, guess what? You're going to keep it as a bad program. Uh, So I think it's who you are as a person and how you coach and how you want to turn a program around is, is that's up to you, but it's, it's, taking a chance. I mean, we played at Mount Tahoma high school. It was, it was not a good, it was not good. Uh, And I loved using these stories because uh, shoreline, you know, wasn't very good UPS. We were, we, I think we were average at the time took over Pierce Um, uh, first year, not great. Second year, uh, we were the first team to finally knock off Kelly Smith, the the legend uh, out of, out of the West. And then the second year we won it again. And then we won the, the, the championship and I, I know Kelly grabbed me one time and just said, told me I was doing it right, and and you know that's that's great coming from a guy like that who had. I mean, you guys know Lower Columbia and Everett and Bellevue and, and Edmonds and all these great powerhouses in the NWAC, even T you know TCC and and they they all have their programs and there's a field on campus. Well, guess what? The, the next step that I took was Seattle U, and, and we didn't have a we didn't have a field on campus there, and people were like. Seattle U is going to be a tough place to win. And Donnie Harrell has been running that thing now for, man, 15 years almost. Um, and then our third year when we were at Seattle U, we ended up winning the WAC. Our third year, me and Elliot Cribby and, and and Jeff James, um, Coach Harrell, uh, we had a great staff up there that year. And and I, I believe it's just believing it in you, believing in you as a coach and and recruiting, as we'll get into this one, with me and where I am now, Um Recruiting's everything. And, and when I was at Pierce, I took so many guys in the South sound there. We, I, I ran a baseball program called the buzz. And I think my second year there at Pierce, I must've had 15 of those kids that had gone through my program, come play for me uh, there at Pierce. And then as the third year, we, even more and um, you know, send a lot of guys off, but what, what a, what a magical run that was at Pierce and, and who knows if it'll, it'll get done again, but I know coach Davis is doing a good job keeping it up and, uh, it's been, it's, was a great. And then, like I said, then moving on to Seattle, U was, was a great experience too, but Pierce JC route. I think it's just, you don't have anything. There's no budget. You're not getting paid. It's, it's okay. How good of a coach are you? And can you recruit?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then that's one of the things you kind of mentioned that, you know, you still recruit guys out of the Northwest. And one thing I noticed when I first started covering baseball is that the Northwest kind of had a, a chip on its shoulder feeling like, Oh, people don't think we have good athletes up here. You know they kind of overlook us, but I think that's kind of disappeared in a lot of ways. I think that the the secret of the Northwest isn't a secret anymore that guys are saying, hey, there's some legit, you know, players coming out of that area. And obviously there's a lot of guys who've gone on to play, you know, major league level and that type of stuff. But for you as someone who's recruiting, you know, all over the place, but also the Northwest, you know, what type of athletes do you see come out of the Northwest that you're able to kind of grab
1: it and use in your program. Tough kids. I think they're tougher. Now that I've been down here in SoCal and it's sunny and warm and they play baseball year round. I think the, the Washington, Oregon kids are definitely tougher. I mean, the weather, the elements. So the JC kids get to go up there and really understand how to play the college level. And I think at a higher level, I think that they, there you see a lot of them go on and have really successful careers Um, I just think they're tough. We have we have lower Columbia. We have Bellevue. We've had TCC. We've had Pierce. We've had Edmund. We have Edmund's kid there right now. Um, You know, we've reached out to to Yakima, Skagit. We've almost had we have a good group of guys that have come down to us now. And, of course, the relationship that I have with all the Northwest coaches uh, up there. But it is, they, they come down here and uh, they are just, they're, they're tougher. The, the elements don't bother them. Like it's been raining down here. I mean, everybody in the country, you know, California is getting dumped on. And, and guess what? My, my Washington kids are the first ones out there to want to work on a field and the last ones to leave. Even they just, they get it because it's still 65. And maybe raining. It's not you know thirty degrees and some snow, or we're wearing beanies and and parkas all the time, but uh they are a tough kids. And I think the coaching in in the Northwest and the in the NWAC are very good coaches, and they teach them right. And when they come to play for our program, those kids are ready to go right away.
0: Yeah, you know, and you mentioned relationships, and that's one of the things that the the more I've gotten into knowing coaches and knowing individuals in the game, the relationship factor is huge, and you know, I've even seen, you know, coaches would simply call up a four-year school like yours and simply say, hey, I got a guy, take him. You know, for you, how much trust do you have to have in the coaches at the junior college level to really know, hey, when they say they got a guy, I know what they're, what they're talking about. You know, I have that trust with them. I mean, you still got to do your homework, but, you know, how much trust do you put in those coaches when it comes to recruiting guys?
1: Uh, It's just it's the relationship like Yosh and, you know, um, Kelly that was at Edmonds, and and, um, there's there's been uh, so many guys through and mummered at TCC and and all the coaching carousel at Lower Columbia, the guys that have gone through there over the last year. I just we know each other. You know this for what you do. Baseball is a small world and the coaching the coaching world is it seems even smaller uh, but we do we trust each other. And, and if a guy calls me and tells me he got a guy, of course, we're going to go look at numbers, we're going to go look at videos and we want to we want to see if it's the right fit. Uh, but for I would probably say, you know, 90% of it, we we trust you, if you're going to call me and tell me you got a guy, I trust you if if there's, you know, certain things like me and coach James will look at it if if you see a ton of swing and misses in a kid at a JC level college level. That's going to keep translating, and so then it's like, okay, why? Where? Where? Well, what's going on? I want to see it. Um, it's hard for us. We try to go up once a year if we're watching regionals, or we can get to the NWAC if we're not in the playoffs at the same time. Uh, we we want to go watch guys. Uh, we've gotten a lot of arms from up there that have come down. We got Dylan O'Connor right now from Bellevue, who is uh, who's going to be lights out for us. It's awesome. You know, uh, Parker Riley Parker came from Bellevue also. Uh, Deshaun Johnson came from Lower Columbia. Uh, there's just some kids down here that, that, and guess what? They don't go home very often. I mean, in the in September when it's 110 or 100 and we're playing baseball, these kids are, they they love it down here. They go home for about five days in the holidays and they're back down here. So uh, it's just, it is, it's totally relationship-based and I trust them. And man, all these kids that we've gotten so far down here have, have had great success.
0: Yeah, it really is amazing relationship. I know for me, like, I'll get to know coaches in the Northwest. Next thing I know, they're, you know, they're in Kansas, they're in Utah. I mean, you know, I also, I'm seeing these guys in places. I didn't think I'd see them. And it's, it's fun to kind of know that and interact with them. Um, But for you guys, you know, you've had an interesting three years, I guess you could say with, you know, obviously a certain disease or virus going around and you Mm -hmm. guys lost some seasons because of that lost some time, you know, how have you had to rebuild your players on the field because when you miss time it does mentally affect guys i mean obviously you know that how have you had to really get your guys going again and get them prepared to be on the field
1: yeah so we lost two seasons we got a half a season when covid first hit us uh what was that 19 or eight, 19 20 and then and then 2021 a totally lost season we were one of one of two conferences in the country us in the ivy league who lost uh who lost their conference or lost the season so Uh, It it was very tough. Um, Guess what? We lost a lot of fresh incoming freshmen that decided not to come to us. Uh, We lost some freshmen that said they wanted to go play, so they left and transferred to other places, which we're totally fine with. Um, I think we lost about 14, 15 guys that year. And then what we did in 22, 23 is we brought in 22 guys. We went and recruited, which which was a benefit for a lot of Division twos because what was going on with the Division ones with all the carryover with COVID kids and the older kids staying, uh, getting those extra years. We were super fortunate in what we were able to get. We had a lot of kids that were <clears throat> going to go Division one, but then lost their spots because rosters were full. The draft, you know, got shrunk to five rounds to 20 rounds, and so we've been getting super fortunate on our side to um to pick up some of the kids that that were supposed to go to bigger better schools but they ended up with us. um and, and it's helped and we but there was a core group of guys that stayed with us that were like I'm not going anywhere coach we want to stay here we'll we'll get through this and they got a year off of baseball which maybe was a health thing for them and kept them a little bit fresher and then we came out last year and and went twenty-seven and twenty-seven, and and, and you know, gotten the playoffs for the first time. And what was it, fifteen? No, 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 uh, ten years, ten years. But then our first playoff win since two thousand one or two or something like that. So we're seeing this thing go in the right direction. And and I'll tell you what, you know, did COVID help us? Yeah, maybe, maybe it'll take make us uh, take a step back and maybe not take some things so seriously, but really have a hunger for the game again when you lose it for a year. So uh, our guys were really fresh and really excited to play last year when they had it taken away. And so, uh, and I I think as a coach too, it gets you a little bit more excited for a season when you had a year off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I know for me just covering the game, I really kind of, you know, at first I thought, okay, I'm, I'm kind of done with this, but the longer it went, I was like, Oh no, I got to get out there and, and get out there and just take photos and do what I do. Um, but it's been interesting. But for you guys, you know, here you are getting ready to really kind of kick off the full season, you know, here in 23. What are some things that you have kind of had your team focus on this year to try and improve and really get back to the playoffs and, and win some more?
1: Uh, I'm a huge culture guy. And I know you hear that. That could be cliche. It could be whatever. But um, it's, it's really about our guys. Um, we let them discipline themselves. We let them push each other we put the competition in front of them um uh, it is we're very old again this year we're very old we didn't lose we lost our sunday starter who's actually going to go play in the mexican league this year um and then we we lost our center fielder and a couple relievers uh so we really we really didn't lose any key positions and everybody's back and everybody's older uh um, you hope with some of these guys now that they understand that and and we always Talk about, you know, how freshmen want to play, sophomores really want to start, juniors want to get drafted, and seniors just want to win. Well, when you get into the junior-senior class and you're so heavy, and, and uh, most college coaches that get this, there is that sense of, of, you know, they all want to win and they come together more when they're older. And they're, there's a bigger, older group. And you'll see that. I mean, you see that with mid-majors in the basketball tournaments, that they're just older teams and it's why they go so far. Um we got a great group. We got great leaders. We got a team that is very selfless and, and they just, they care about themselves and they, and what can I do for my teammate? You know, and I think it's just been fun to watch these guys. We, we and, I, and I said that they, they care about themselves, but what we talk about is if you're good in baseball, it's one of the only sports, you know, this, that is, it's very individualized. It's about me. If I do good today, I help the team. There's not so much that I can go help a shortstop make a ground ball. I can't go make an outfielder, make a great play. And I can't help that pitcher throw strikes or make his slider be really good that day. It's on you. And we want you to be the best. You, if you're the best, you, you help us today, which is going to help the team. And then it's also just trusting your, your teammate. Our big thing is having that trust from a freshman to a senior. Who am I handing the ball to? If it's coming from the bullpen, if someone's pinch hitting for me, Um, you know, nobody's pouting, nobody's upset. It's just like, yeah, let's go. It's your time. You got to help the team. I can't sit here and be upset about it. I want you to help us win. And, um, but our culture is, is very good. And, and, you know, I wish it was something that you could speak to even some of the teammates. I can sit here and rah, rah, rah about culture, but um, I would truly believe it's one of the things our guys strive on and, and, and stick to our beliefs and what we're trying to do every day out there on the field.
0: No, and that's huge. I mean, you as a coach, you can always push culture, but it really the, the players have to take it on and really believe in it. And you can tell when that happens. You can see the mm-hmm. guys, the atmosphere. I know once in going back to the NWAC, you can see which teams bonded quicker than other teams, just the way they they interacted with each other, the way they cheered, that the guy who maybe never gets to play is still on the fence, being loud, being there, because he knows he's a part of the team. And that's And that's awesome to see. I, I love seeing that interaction with the guys, all day long.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. I love watching them have fun. And it's, we had, we actually just had this conversation today because some kids are getting sick and you'll see this and kids will show up at the field sick. You know, it's something that they've been beat into from high school coaches little like, Oh, no, you're going to come and you're going to show me you're sick before you go home. And I'm like, no, just call me because if you're calling me to tell me that you're sick, but you're not, and you just don't want to come to practice, then guess what? You shouldn't be here anyways. This isn't the place. That means you don't have passion for what you're doing every day. And this isn't the place for it. So it was an interesting conversation with a couple of guys. We're just like, Hey, I appreciate you showing up, but I trust you. I trust you until I don't. Right. And I think every coach will tell you that, but um, if kids are coming up with excuses not to come to practice and I'm doing it wrong. So our guys usually want to be there and they're the first ones there. You know, you got guys who are the last ones to leave and you love it. And and I, I just love how our older guys interact with our freshmen too. It's just, you know, taking them under their wing, going out there taking ground balls or fly balls and, and competing with them and pushing them and making them better because I think he gets it. If he goes down, you got to play shortstop for this team right now. And now we got to win with you. And, and um, giving those, I think, giving those freshmen just confidence. And if they have confidence, and guess what? There's no fear of failure. They're going to jump up there in that dish and and at least compete, right? And go get every ground ball you can. And they're going to make mistakes. We did it at Seattle U our first year, and our whole infield was freshmen. We and we Donnie would get pissed, man. We were making errors, and he get pissed. But guess what? Our junior year, they go draft draft. You know, first team all conference. I mean, we were we were really good. Those guys. By the time they were juniors, was the year we won the whack. And uh, they got to take their lumps, but I, I, I just hope some of our freshmen keep getting opportunities every day to play and, and keep their confidence going.
0: Absolutely. And then, Mike, the last question I have for you tonight, just kind of, you know, for you as a coach, once again, you've been to a few different schools, different levels. What <clears> advice <throat> would you have for that first-time coaches getting out there and really trying to make a mark for themselves and really kind of improve? What advice would you have for them?
1: Go coach. Go to camps. Go get people to know who you are. I went JC Division three, back to JC to Division one, Division two, and played NAI. So I guess I I've hit them all, right? Um, uh, but go prove to people you can coach. Just like what Casey and 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 Coach Harold told me, like you need to go out there and show people how you can interact with kids, um, how you can get kids to listen to you, how do you get kids to respect you. Um, and make them better. Uh, I'll see people, uh, young coaches all the time thinking that they should just jump right into a a paid coaching job. And we'll be like, what have you done? There's some of us that have been out here doing this thing for 18 years. I mean, this is, uh, I think this is 19 years for me, you know, that I've been coaching college baseball. uh, And I love it. I love what I do, but we also have all taken our lumps. We've all had to sit in you know, cages and done lessons until 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night with kids just to make money so that I could coach during the day. When I coached at Pierce, I made six grand. And I had a wife and kids, you know, so I was running my program doing lessons I And mean, when you just, you got to grind. I- I'm sorry. But the only way that you're going to get those opportunities is by taking risks, taking opportunities, going with it, go to camps, um, move. Guys, I picked up and moved my family to California when uh, my daughter was a freshman in high school and my son was in sixth grade. And believe me, for a year they hated me, but uh, I think they're pretty happy down here and both my kids are going to go to college and and they're excited. And But we're in the sun every day, but we had to take a risk. We had to get uncomfortable. I made my kids uncomfortable and did it. I know there's a lot of coaches out there that, that move around and do it, and I guarantee you people notice. I think it's the ones that sit still. And hope that something in their backyard is going to come out. But you know what? Go, go do something, and and guess what? You can come back home. Uh, you, you prove to yourself you can coach, and other people they'll they'll bring you back home.
0: Absolutely, that is great advice. Well, I, I'm Mike... not coming
1: back. I just want you to know I'm not coming <laughs> back home. I'm staying in the sun now. I, I did the 40, 40 some years in the cold, and now me and my wife pretty much like the sunshine.
0: <laughs> I I totally understand being out here in North Dakota in the snow. I'm like okay. If I ever get a chance to go back, I might consider somewhere warmer. So, yeah, I get that completely. <laughs> yeah. But, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck this season.
1: Thanks. I, I really appreciate doing this. I, I love I love talking to people up in the Northwest um, and just letting them know what people that were in the Northwest are doing now. You know, there are people moving around, but being down here in SoCal and, and coaching baseball and then bringing the Northwest roots down here bringing kids down here. Um, kids love playing baseball in the sunshine. I'll tell you what, but um, I appreciate you, you know, letting me do this and, and having this, this forum to, to be able to talk Cal state baseball to a little bit and let everybody know what we're doing down here.
0: Absolutely. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Nato, the head coach for Cal state university, San Bernardino and I, <laughs> I don't know how many times I'm gonna to have to say this, but I, I will always say it. I love talking to Northwest guys because they understand the difference playing in the Northwest versus Phoenix, California, Florida, that type of stuff. Um, but at the same time, it, it's just it's fun to talk to people who know the the area, know the area I'm, where I'm from. Because uh, once again, I'm in North Dakota. I haven't been back to the Northwest in. Uh, a year and four months almost so haven't got to see it. it's gonna be a while before i get back there so just talking to guys is great i love that the northwest is where not any know it all started it's where the northwest baseball report started which has blossomed into the great plains baseball report and um you know i even technically own the rights to the great lakes baseball report and southwest baseball report although I'm finding it takes a lot of time just to do the ones I'm doing now. So I don't have time to do that. So if anyone out there is still listening into the podcast and you want to help out with some of the sites, message me because I'm open to that 100%. But guys, another great podcast. I love it. Love talking to guys who are energetic, guys who just have a passion for the game and a passion for their players as well. That's something that's big for me. But, guys, thank you for listening. My name is Josh, the 9-inning know-it-all. Until next time, catch some baseball and get ready. Spring is coming, guys. Talk to you later.